Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to TMD Podcast, the inaugural episode coming to you live from Springfield, Massachusetts. Our first guest today, President and CEO of TMD Capital, Mr. Theo DeVoy. Theo, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Mike. Theo, so I know this podcast is uh, is just getting uh, off the ground here, um, but you know, just for our listeners that are out there, we are going to have a lot of guests coming up over the course of the next few months. And um, just to give you a little bit of an idea of the company and who we are, we thought it'd be fitting to have Theo on as the first um, guest on the podcast. So Theo, just start and tell our listeners a little bit about uh, when did you start TMD Capital and why did you start TMD Capital? Yeah, absolutely. And just a little more on this podcast too. We're, we're, we actively, for those of you who don't know what TMD Capital is, we're a real estate investment finance company. So we finance a lot of real estate investors. So we're going to be bringing on a lot of those investors and then other people in the space who really kind of know this real estate industry in and out. And I think it'll be really cool to get their perspective on this whole real estate world, especially for those listeners just picking it up or even those experienced investors out there. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, there's obviously there's a lot of lenders that are out there. There's conventional loans, banks, obviously. Uh, there's cash purchases. And then, you know, this this money is uh, the hedge fund money is kind of in the middle. Uh, but it does give investors a, a quicker option uh, to close. And, and there's a lot of lenders out there. So I think the idea of bringing people and making them aware of who TMD Capital is and how uh, we operate here and how, why you started the company, when you started the company, just a little bit about it. I think this is going to be good, great for our listeners and our potential, hopefully some potential clients and uh, the clients that we do have, which we have uh, many of them and, and very happy uh, clients to say the least. So, so when did you actually start TMD Capital? Yeah. So TMD Capital started back 2019 and really it's a story of two different companies. That company in 2019 is completely different from the one we're looking at today. Um, in 2019, TMD Capital is literally operating out of a college dorm. College dorm. So, so I guess then that uh, sparks me to ask, why? Like, who, who, what college kid just thinks to start a capital uh, lending company? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's funny. Like, I remember our first calls in that college dorm. Like, I was a freshman at the time when the the entire company started. So, literally, we would be coming back from these parties, and it'd be 10 o'clock at night. And we'd be cold calling people out in Hawaii because it's a six-hour differential. So our first sales, I think one of the first investors we had was just some investor we picked up on a after-party cold call out in Hawaii. Um, but, yeah. And so, so, so that's 2019. Obviously, COVID hit in 2019, you know, 2019, 2020. Um, obviously, we're still somewhat dealing with it today. But So how did COVID affect uh, your company? And, and is that really when you started to scale up? from that initial call from Hawaii or whatever, your first initial client. Yeah, I, well, and going back to where it started, right, I, one day I'm just working, you know, a, an hourly wage, and, and one day I'm sitting there with my cousin Alex, who was actually at RCN Capital at the time, and he comes to me and he's like, why are you working these hourly wages? Like, I was working hourly wages, scraping all the money I could, you know, college kid broke, and uh, he says to me one day, dude, just go originate one loan. It'll literally pay that hourly wage for two months. And that was kind of when it really first started. The next morning, I remember waking up, set up the LLC, set up the website, and kind of just got after it, jumped in head first, and, and, and yeah, we've, we've grown from there. So speak to me about your – because that, that's not something just every person does, goes out and starts their own company. Um, so how – where did you get the drive to do that? Where did you get the idea to do that? Uh, where did you get the entrepreneurial spirit? Um, 
and because you just seemed like you knew what to do, set up a website, set up an LLC, and then start moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and all of that didn't just come naturally. I grew up surrounded in the business environment. As some people may know, I come from the hot table family. So I literally grew up watching this restaurant company grow from one store to, I think they're at, they just opened 11 on, on Monday. So I watched this company grow from nothing to everything and just absorb that process throughout the entire time. So when it came time and that idea popped up, I was ready to jump on it and really start start operating. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of cool because not everybody's parents starts a business. But, you know, for those listeners that are not around uh, this area, uh, Hot Table Izzy, uh, Panini, um, basically gourmet panini shop uh, that has 11 locations across uh, western Massachusetts, central Massachusetts, eastern Massachusetts, and uh, Connecticut. Um, and they're uh, continually looking to expand and will be expanding um, maybe down south at some point. Who knows? But um, So that's cool. So you kind of got that drive from your parents and, and just seeing what they go through every day and, and how they operate and how they treat people. And, and um, so that brings me to the question. So now you're starting to add your own employees and you have employees. Um, what did you take from how they operate with their employees to how you treat your employees? <laughs> well, as an employee here, as you know, I, I hope we treat you guys well. But um, yeah, I, I so when the company really started to get taken seriously right was when we jumped from that college dorm stage. I think my junior year, I finally said, no, this is it. Like, this is the idea. We're going to run with it. And that was the point where I, I jumped from the college dorm dropped out of college and said, now moving up to their office, I'm going to focus on this full time. And with that, I just got surrounded by this, this entire business world, right? There's business leaders coming up through this office all the time. And we've actually added on our own office now, but we're still connected with them. And I was able to just see, okay, here's what you do. Here's how you add the salaries. Here's all the systems that need to be in place and continue to absorb that information. And that's really what's fueled that rapid expansion of TMD capital. So speak to me on your learning curve in this, in this, uh, space in this business. How long did it take you to kind of get to where you were comfortable, um, you know, dealing with clients, dealing with issues, dealing with the day-to-day stuff? How long did it really take you to get comfortable in your position to then obviously add employees and really start scaling the company? Right, right. And so uh, I, I've been in the business right since 2019. So we're going on close to four years now. And I, I say four years. In reality, I, I feel like that was eight years, right? Like, it was, especially those first couple of years, it was those 80-hour weeks. So I, I felt like I was almost doubling the amount of time and the amount of information I was absorbing and just keeping constant notes on all those little things. And then I was surrounded by great people in the industry as well. Um, you know, one of our guys at RCN, when we were in that broker stage for Igno, who we were, you know, sending these notes over to, great mentor, right? Kind of just laid out everything down to a T. And I literally remember, and I still, you know, bounce ideas and whatnot off of him, but I remember him going and saying, you know, every little bullet, right, this appraisal's off, why is it off? And we would take notes on every little issue from this experienced guy and, and really just applied it to our business. So so hearing that, what what does TMD offer a potential client or your current clients that maybe some other lenders may not do? Um, kind of what sets TMD apart from other lenders. Yeah, yeah. And and this I'll point back to, again, when we started taking team, TMD Capital a lot more seriously. Um, I think it was 2020, I went to buy buy a house, right? And I'm going through the mortgage process for an investment property. 
I said to myself, wait a second, wait a second, this is taking way too long. It's all choppy and it, it just doesn't make sense, right? It took three months to close on a, a simple real estate transaction. We had all of our docs across, obviously coming from that broker stage, kind of had an understanding of what needed to be met in order to execute on it. And they just dragged this thing out. So three months. So I kind of said that was a point where I was like, wow, there's need for this type of product in the market. They, you need people who are going to take the deal seriously and execute as fast as possible. And it's so essential in real estate. I, I just couldn't believe not everyone was executing on that. So for one, it's that execution and the ability to execute quickly, understand any issues that might arise and, and put them out before we even start the deal. So that way it's an in and out process. I think we've knocked our closing times down. We're averaging about two weeks now. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's a strength of the company. What do you feel the company needs to work on? Because everybody looks at, and I hate that strength and weakness question, but maybe what we do well and what is done well, and that's the analytical piece, that's the deliverance of the customer service, that's being there for the customer, uh, no matter who they are or where they're from. What do you think the company could improve on or work a little bit better on? Yeah, and, and that's a tough question, right? Um, I think for one, we want to continue to work down those clo closing time frames. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes there's this, you know, this massive debate, right? You have your private money lender and your hard money lender. You know, if you want to give a little context on the private money, hard money lender, Mike, I'll, I'll point that over to you. But that separation, there's still a gap there, right? Private money lenders can come in and say, all right, we can close this deal out in two days. Whereas in this hard money space, we're looking at realistically fastest time frame, one to two weeks. We can continue to cut down our turnaround times and really compete with that. Now we're coming in with better interest rates, better a better overall product, right? Higher leverage. And now I can execute at the same time frame. It's, 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 it would really make our product, you know, top tier. Yeah, and I, I think a more comfortable product. So we, I know we want comfort uh, for the borrower to know that we have their backs, we're doing the best we can, we're getting into the best terms and leverage that we can. Um, and there's a process and there's guidelines. And I think guidelines are strong and they're good because they do lead their, their guidelines and they're there for a reason. But they also, I would think, would lead a borrower to have some comfort that it's a solid, strong deal. And yes, there's a lean behind it. There's a note behind it. it it's backed by by something where, you know, private money, it's, yeah, it might be a little bit quicker, but you don't know what those terms are. You don't know who that person is prop maybe lending you that money. Um, so there is a little bit of a, a little bit of a difference here. So where do you see this company three years from now, five years from now, beyond five years? Yeah. And, and we're in that space of constant improvement, right? So I'm so excited for what the future holds. I see a continued expansion, but I also see as kind of I, you know, there's nothing that really makes us jump out right now. And I'll, I'll say that outright. Yeah, I can come in and offer ideally better terms, faster service, the analytical analysis on deals. But what's really going to make us jump out? And that's to be revealed. But there's some things in the pipeline right now where all of a sudden we're going to be, a, as opposed to just someone in the market, we're going to become a market disruptor. Yeah, and I think that's the other important thing that I think is – it. I think that's another thing that separates us apart. We don't sit here and settle for X amount of loans a month. We're always driving for more. And I think when you drive for more, that breeds success, that, that breeds uh, innovation, that breeds creativity, uh, and, and it spurs on a whole different uh, avenue of, of business that 
that's in order for a company to scale, you have to be that way. You can't sit back and settle. And people that sit back and settle, um, that in my opinion, are, are not successful. They may be on, on a monetary level, but I, I don't think on a, on a personal level. So I think that leads to that does breed success, that innovation, that creativity. Um, talk about uh, briefly what products does TMD currently offer and are there any products in, that we don't offer that you're looking to offer in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, if you're in the one to four family space, right, that's really where I'm going to kill. That's uh, We're top tier in that market right now. Where we've just expanded to is the five to 25 unit space. Those multifamily properties, our product's on par right now. We're Again, we want to become the most competitive. So we're working on shaving down margins there and whatnot. But anything one to four family, fix and flip, long-term rental, ground up construction, we're going to hammer it there. And then if we want to jump over the five to 25, expect that within the next three months to be top tier as well. And I also foresee, I would say probably 12 months out, but our commercial products are going to be coming out soon as well, where those office buildings, mixed use, we want to become a key player in that space as well. Yeah. And, and I think that's important. Again, that's that innovative part. That's not sitting back and just settling in one space. That's uh, helping uh, to grow the company and look at different lending options and, and to broaden our market as far as uh, the reach that we can have and the branches that uh, we have to do. Um, so, Theo, talk about why should, just answer this question, why should somebody use TMD Capital for yeah. their financing? No, and, and, and I mean, you're kind of giving me a layup there, but I always say, we're going to treat your deal as if it's my own, right? So when you bring me a deal, I'm going to take a look at it, one from that analytical perspective, right? Do the margins make sense on this? Is my return on investment there? Is this a decent property? Because I'm not in it. Again, we're here for the long run. TMD Capital, we want to become that market disruptor. So I don't want you to bring me one loan. I want all your business. So backing you on the analytics, one, and then two, I'm going to come in with the best pricing, right? I can compare you against, I always tell people, take my term sheet, compare it with every other lender. My pricing is going to be great. And then in terms of execution and speed, we're going to win there. If it means I have to call around to every local appraiser and find the fastest turnaround time, we're going to do it. Because again, it, it's treated as if you're, it's your deal, Mike. Imagine, imagine, all right, I got this deal. I have the opportunity to make $100,000, but I need to turn it around in 10 days. I don't want to go to a lender who's just going to say, oh, you know, all right, no problem. And then they're gonna, it's going to be burning on their books. And yeah, they'll try and get it there, but they're not going to. No, I want someone who's going to take that deal and bust their ass until that deal closes out 10 days from now. Yeah, and I, I like that drive. And I think people would appreciate that drive. And, and that is a really good reason why people should call in. Um, speak to me and just kind of leave us with what can a new investor do to get into this space how do you service that new investor? And then how are you servicing the investors that come back to you repeatedly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first things first, as a new investor, I always say, learn as much as possible. The biggest failures I see with new investors is just that lack of knowledge, right? They might not foresee that thing. So one, learn as much as possible. Two, line yourself up with a good company, whether it's my company or someone else, find yourself with people who, again, are gonna look out for you and they're not just off to make, you know, that two, three points on one deal. And then, um, yeah, just constantly learning, especially as you go through that first deal. Ask all the questions you possibly can. Get an understanding for the process and then make it cyclical, right? So jot down every step of that process so you know for your next deal. All right, I'm ready to go. I know the exact operations. Make sure my return on investment for that first deal is great. And then let's roll it into the next one. As for those experienced investors, you need, you need someone who's going to get you well organized and have you on point and just 
kind of take your model that's already working and be able to run with it, right? So they're going to come in, be, you know, at, at your hands and knees whenever you need it. So if I'm an experienced investor, I want the ability to just say, hey, I need financing on this property. I can text it over. I know I have that preliminary approval, that pricing ready to go immediately. And then it's as simple as, hey, let's get, get this started because I already have all your docs organized and whatnot. And again, that cyclical process makes it repeatable and it allows you to scale. I don't care what point you're at. If you're at the five level, 10 level, 30 level, you, there's always room for improvement and scaling and speed. And, and that's really what we have to offer. Awesome. And, and I know people may be hesitant to get involved. They see interest rates um, being adjusted. The feds just today just raised another 25 basis points. Um, speak, just leave our listeners with a little bit of what of the why, why should you invest now rather than just sit back and wait? Yes. And, and I will be celebrating later. I don't know if you saw the 10 year treasury note today, we're down a bit on the 10 year treasury and then uh, stock markets up as well. So it's, it's a good day for investors all around. Um, but in terms of why now, if you can protect an asset, right? So say I can go into an asset right now and yeah, my interest rates higher, but Again, we're looking at this from a completely different perspective. Look at it from a hedge fund perspective. If I can cover the interest rate today with, say, my rental income, or if I can, it, let's start with the DSCR side, right? We're talking two different products here, but on the DSCR side, if I can cover my rental, my patia with the rental income today, ideally, ideally, yeah, two, three years from now when rates drop, I can actually refinance cash out, stabilize that asset. Um, and, and significantly increase my payment. And then on the fix and flip side, still fine to be doing it. Just take into account, all right, there might be a 10% depreciation in home values in this market. So negate that risk. What's, you know, come up with alternative exit strategies, whether it's refi or be prepared to sell at 10% less. But if you, end of the day, risk mitigation is everything. So if you can mitigate that risk, it's never been a better time to invest. Yeah, and I think that's the pretty cool thing about the, the real estate space in general is, you know, it over time kind of outperforms the stock market. The stock market's up, it's down, it's all over the place. But if you can diversify your portfolio and obviously have some money in the stock market, have some money in real estate and really diversify yourself, you know, you can really set yourself up for a great future and, and a secure financial f future for when uh, when somebody does retire. So uh, this has been great, Theo. And, and, and for all of our listeners, we are going to do other episodes and we do have other guests that have agreed to come on. And, and uh, so we'll have a varying of topics, but we would love to hear from you if there's something that uh, you would love to hear on a podcast and we're going to keep them pretty short and sweet uh, because that uh, we want to pack it with information, um, but not overwhelm anybody. So uh, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, this is TMD podcast, our inaugural episode. Call us at 1-800-571-7405. Signing off the moon. from Springfield, Massachusetts. See you next time.